0: today I'm going to uh, finish off the series that we've been doing on money so um, we've had Barbara and Dave speaking um, earlier in October I think and in a sense I think what they've um, I wasn't in for Barbara's um, but in a way what the, what they've talked about has been very much in a sense uh, our sense of honouring God with our finances and about about giving and being a cheerful giver, <laughs> not you know grimacing as we put our hand in our pocket. Um, and I'm going to finish off by looking at kind of money in the world. Alright now I'm going to say at this point I'm not an economist okay I'm not a banker or anything like that <laughs> but Um, I've obviously been doing a a bit of uh, research for today and what I thought it would be quite interesting to do to start off with is to actually ask you if I said to you give me some kind of newspaper headlines about money in the last few years what kind of words come to mind? Think about all everything that's been in the news. We've had the financial crash thing, having crisis since 2008. So what kind of words do we see in the newspapers talking about the world's finances or the country's finances? Debt. Debt. Anything else? Corruption. Corruption. Anything? crisis? Pardon? Recession. Recession. Have we seen the word banker in those headlines at all? (laughs) Okay. Bonuses. Uh, bonuses. Okay. What kind of, um, who could tell me what kind of attitude we've seen towards the bankers shown in the newspapers? boo hiss. hiss. (laughs) Okay, so we're, we're not seeing headlines that say that bankers are the most wonderful people in the world, are we? Um, okay, um, I, I put down, um, what words did I kind of put down? Uh, fat cats? Um, crash? I think I've seen a headline, bankers are scum? I think that was Daily Mail. Pardon? Yes, corruption. Okay, interest rates and as we say, debt. Um, So it's not a kind of a happy message, really, is it? Um, Market crash shakes world. Um, Worst since 1945. Squeeze. Um, I've got a headline here that talks about um, RBS earmarks 400 million to cover potential fines for rigging foreign exchange rates. And so there's been a whole thing, hasn't there, about people fixing rates in order to make money out of selling money and changing money over. Um, I've got a headline here that was from The Guardian last Saturday, which was, from Waterloo to the Somme, UK finally pays off war debts. And an interesting little fact, although we do have a huge amount of national debt, it still hasn't exceeded the national debt that we had in about 1950 as a nation, um, because we had to buy our way out. In a way, in it, so when I say buy our way out of the war, I don't mean, you know, obviously, you know, I know how we kind of, the war was won, if you like, but the payments for ammunition and all that kind of stuff, the money had to be found from somewhere. And the UK borrowed a humongous amount of money from the US. And it's taken a long time to pay that off. Because of interest. And then, um, what else have I got here? Uh, no easy fix for the economy. Anyway, you know the kind of thing that we're, we're kind of looking at. So that's the kind of scene about the world's money. And in a sense, I want to kind of flip that over and say, okay, that's what we can see about the world. What does the Bible say? about money now I know that Dave and Barbara have given you lots of references about money I'm going to give you a a few more but I'm kind of taking a different slant what I'm looking at in a sense is okay so we have the world and we have the financial situation what kind of should be our attitude towards what's kind of going on out there okay and I've never got really particularly excited about Leviticus before but I found some fantastic passages (laughs) and um, there's one passage which is uh, Leviticus 25. Um, I'll read it to you if you just want to make a note of it. I think this is from the NIV um Uh, right, if any of your fellow Israelites become poor and are unable to support themselves among you, help them as you would a foreigner and a stranger so they can continue to live among them. Do not take interest or any profit from them, but fear your God so that they may continue to live among them." You must not lend them money at interest or sell them food at profit. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt to give you the land of Canaan and to be your God. Okay, Romans 13, verse 7. Give to everyone what you owe them. If you owe taxes, pay taxes. If revenue, then revenue. If respect, then respect. If honour, then honour. Then Psalm 15, verse 5, who lends money to the poor without interest? Who does not accept a bribe against the innocent? Whoever does these things, okay, there's a bit of a double negative thing going on here. Whoever does these things will never be shaken. All right, shall I read that again? Who lends money to the poor without interest? who does not accept a bribe against the innocent? Whoever does these things will be never, shake, never be shaken. Okay, and Leviticus 19, verse 34, the foreigner residing among you must be treated as your native born. Love them as yourself, for you were foreigners in Egypt, and I am the Lord your God. Now, that doesn't directly relate to money, but you'll see where I'm going in a minute, that this is quite a kind of a key, uh, a key verse. So if I was going to kind of summarise some of the um, stuff that I have seen, it, a lot of it is in the Old Testament, but there are things um, in the New Testament as well. If I was going to uh, kind of summarise some of the key messages, okay, and this doesn't want to do something... One would be that we are not to lend money and charge interest. The other is that we're Excuse not... Me. we are not to lend money. Wi- and, and charge interest. Yes. So we can lend money, but we mustn't charge interest. Yes. Okay. All right. Um, we're not to be selling food to people as a, for a profit. Um... And we are supposed to be helping people as we would help a foreigner or a stranger. Um, Okay, and if you like, the other bit is that we pay what we should pay. So, if we've got to pay tax, we pay tax. As much as, you know, if there's other revenue that we've got to pay, we should be paying it. All right. so that's the kind of sense... That you get from the old testament and when you go into the new testament there isn't that kind of level of detail that you get in leviticus but what you do get is the fact that a we know jesus said that he came to fulfill the law not to abolish it and when you look at the references in the new testament they are about helping the widow the orphan the stranger okay and often the way we might help those people is in practical ways um so i think uh, and the other thing one of the things that i would really like to bring out um i suppose is the fact that god is saying through the passages in the old testament he's saying i brought you out of slavery. Don't put other people into slavery. I blessed you so you can bless others. I gave you freedom so you should give other people freedom. So because of what God did for the Israelites and all the blessing that he gave them and he put them in the land, they're supposed to replicate that blessing and that principle out to others that they're living amongst okay so to go back to the lending money and not charging interest okay we are not personally supposed to take advantage of other individuals who are in need of help um, so we can lend and give as much money as we like but if we lend so if I lend Sylvia hundred pounds that's fine, but if I lend Silvery £100 and I say to her, you know, I want £100 back and some more, I am going directly against the way that God has blessed us, all right? And I think that's, in a way, that's a key principle that we ought to keep and hold in our mind when we're thinking about, what am I going to do you know, to give things or to help people. Um, it's about what we've received and we model it out to other people, okay? And I have asked this question, who is the foreigner, the widow, the orphan or the poor? I mean, to me, it's a bit like, who's, who is my neighbour? Mm. Um, you know, we have... Widows, we have orphans, we have poor, we have foreigners, you know, we have people who are strangers to us. And let me read you this. Remember that at one time, at that time, you were separate from Christ, excluded from citizenship in Israel, and foreigners to the covenant of the promise without hope and without God in the world, that's Ephesians 2 verse 12. And Ephesians 2 verse 19, consequently you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household. So, what I want to say to you is that we know what it is to be a foreigner. We all were foreigners to God and he has, through his son, he's welcomed us into his family, and we're now God's people. We're no longer those foreigners. But we know what it's like to be a foreigner and a stranger. And so when we come across people who are foreigners or strangers or poor or outside a family, God is wanting us to be welcoming, encouraging, helping, okay? Okay, so I've got two headings now. What should we do for ourselves and what should we do for others? Now, obviously this is supposed to be about the world and the finances. And so one of the questions that I want to ask, or uh, I suppose about in terms of, you know, what should I do? What What should my approach be to money and the world? So I think we do have to think about ethical approaches to money and to lending and to giving. And we might want to look at different types of banks, the information that we see about them. I think the end of the day, there's dirty money out there and there's absolutely nothing we can do about it. It's in the system. You know, th- there isn't... There's not going to be any banking institution that is squeaky clean. And we have to use our best judgment about where we want to put our money. And, of course, we all know... I mean, if I lend money, I'm not going to charge anybody interest. But, you know, the world has become very sophisticated, hasn't it? We all have bank accounts because we've got to put our money somewhere. It's not under the mattress. You know, we all get those of us that uh, are, you know, in paid employment where we get paid monthly, we would not handed a bundle of cash. It goes into our bank account. And when life was simpler and people did get paid in kind or in cash, people divvied out the cash, didn't they? But it's all got so much more sophisticated and we, so basically we pay people to look after our money you know no one's going to look after our money for free you know the banks some you know even if we were saying you shouldn't earn earn interest somebody's got to pay people to work at the bank to do the administration so you can see how if you like a system has come about and one of the things I think maybe we have to think about is What's my response? And, uh, you know, I can't stop the banking world charging interest. I can't do anything about that. So I can look at my bank and think, try and use somebody perhaps who seems better, but I'm making a judgment, aren't I? But I think maybe the, the real n- nub of it is kind of our personal response to how we respond to things because some of these things are so big that we're completely unable to do anything about it other than pray that the lord of of justice and truth and holiness will influence the people that are at the top to make good decisions and you know we've only got to listen to the news haven't we and there's always something about somebody taking a backhand or somebody doing something which, you know, is taking advantage of somebody else. I think we need to live within our means. And I'm going to talk a bit about credit. And I put here, um, we need to live within our means. And I think we need to live within our faith means. Now, what I mean by that, sorry about all these, the same word being dotted about, Okay, I have £100 a week. For example, I earn £100 a week. If I'm living within my means, I can only spend £100 a week. I may have faith, and God may prompt me to do different things with my money. If I think, I'm going to give away all of that money and I'm going to trust God for that next week, Okay, I need to make sure that I have heard God, because otherwise I could come a cropper, okay? So we need to be using our faith alongside with what's, what's coming in. Um, but the live within our means, um, if I move on to credit, I think we have to think about what we can afford. Credit is everywhere. I, was th- I looked, I did a little bit of research and I c- thought, okay, so after the end of the war, 1950s, nobody had anything, okay, there was probably an expectation that the war was over and everything was going to be lovely and it wasn't like that. And then people started designing new furniture and new clothes and people wanted part of that and so we had higher purchase, Okay you know you had something you paid for it in instalments so things have gone on from there i one of the other pictures that i had was somebody advertising you know interest free credit on everything the whole credit thing whereas once upon a time it was okay i'm really stretched and maybe i will do this credit has now become like everyday be- bread and butter i haven't got money for this oh but look they're offering me credit i can take out the credit and i can have whatever the thing is okay i put the comment about living within our means and credit what can we afford because you know some of the situations i'm coming across certainly in christians against poverty is people who are not having a credit card because every month they pay back the things that they buy through the credit card it's because they can't actually manage their money and they can't make their money meet so they have a credit card and they end up in a situation where they're buying food or you know everyday, everyday things on their credit card and before they know where they are the credit card is full and there's no more money. Um, so actually what happens is they take out another credit card because the firms say transfer all your credit onto this one card and we won't charge you interest for the first six months and your credit limit will be three thousand pounds so they move the credit onto the next card and they have access to more credit and we end up with some people who've got five credit cards who are just bouncing between them okay so i'm not saying you shouldn't have a credit card what I'm saying is I think we need to think about what attitude we have towards credit because basically it's having something before we have the means to pay for it. Now God's grace to us is that he's given us loads of stuff that we we're not supposed to have in terms of forgiveness or you know do you know what I mean he's cred he's given us stuff that we didn't deserve but when it comes to managing our money Okay, we really need to think what our attitude is to credit because you know, we've got people who are using credit cards to get money off their credit cards because they don't have, them, they don't have money for everyday life. Okay, so I think we need to think about the risk, the ability to pay and also the attitude of having it all now. We have to watch greed and temptation we live in a very material world and there's lots of nice goodies out there and we see them and we think "Oh, I like that and there isn't anything wrong with us having nice things there is something wrong with us going down a whole road in the money world credit and stuff like that because we could find ourselves getting coming a cropper if I just make a little aside here, i like have to keep an eye on the time. When Tim was ill last year and was in hospital and had lots of time off work, both the church and the hospital continued to pay f- him, even though he wasn't in work. What I saw was, you end up in a situation like that. Things can get very quickly out of control. You have somebody who's paid monthly, and doesn't have a secure job, they're in hospital for a month, they don't get paid. Suddenly, they can't meet their bills and things can go really pear-shaped. And so we need to be, we need to have a wise approach to managing our own money and then that's something that we should, if you like, model for other people. Right, what should we do for others? Here, I've talked, I'm just making some comments about giving to charities. Uh, giving to people who are begging. I think obviously it's down to you where you put your money. And like I say, there, there's no there's no pure money out there. Do you know what I mean We can't say, well, I'm not doing this. We have to look at where we're going to put our money and make our best judgment. and if we do that with an open heart before God, we just have to trust him that we're going about things um, in the right way. I think, Other than the fact that the Bible is asking us to model the blessing and the help that we've had out in our lifestyle, there's no guidance about giving to charity. You know, you can you can do you know you can do what you like, can't you? Um, You want to you know you might feel like I want to be a blessing, and you can think of some charities where you would like to get involved or put some of your financial commitment and. You have to go with what the Holy Spirit is is prompting you. Giving the beggar on the street, I personally find it very hard to walk past somebody on the street asking for stuff. And there's all those arguments, isn't there? That you know, some people you know, they shouldn't be there, or whatever. You know, some people have made uh, bad choices it's their own fault they're in that situation whatever it is I just find it difficult to walk past so what I do and I don't do it every time is I won't give them money so I, I go and buy a sandwich I go and buy a hot drink or something like that so that that bit in me which is God prompt you know I'm seeing somebody in need and I'm feeling prompted I'm also trying to be wise with what I'm doing and sometimes they don't actually want food or a hot drink (laughs) they kind of look at you and they and and they mutter (laughs) bless you brother (laughs) but if I don't want to think that I'm giving somebody money that they're then going to spend on drugs or drink or you know, whatever, all right, so I'm just trying to think of a way of doing, honouring that desire that I have to, to bless, because I've been blessed, but do it in a wise and sensible way, and I'm sure you can all think of other things that are sensible too. One of the things that I got a bit kind of, you know, the world and the banking, there are some things out there that we can't control, I think, in the end, this whole issue about finances, it has to come back to me and the attitude that I deal with my money and how I manage my money and model the principles that we see in the Bible out to the world. I have a quote that I always remember from talking to Liz Douglas once, who said that we can afford to be generous okay we are a blessed people and some of that might not just be money you know we're blessed maybe in having peace um or happiness or knowing love or freedom um but so we can we can afford to be generous and i suppose when i think about that statement i'm not saying be stupid with money But I'm saying, let's have a generous attitude. And if I go back to the foreigner and the stranger that is among us, whatever our views are on immigration or um, race or gender or um, anything like that, okay, the Bible is clear. We have been foreigners and strangers. And we're no longer foreigners and strangers. And so our heart should be soft towards the foreigner and the stranger and the orphan and the poor in our midst. I'm just going to finish by talking about CAP, Christians Against Poverty. I want to give you a piece of information first. Okay, national debt in this country currently is equivalent to 18,000 pounds per person okay and it's it's rising at the moment now you can all go away and do a lot of research on the national debt but it's a kind of ticking time bomb really the debt and probably in this room there's not many of us that have got 18,000 pounds worth of debt okay They're just evening it out to give us a figure. It's um, net debt as a percentage of gross domestic product. Okay, so, you know, you need to do a bit more digging, but basically there's an awful lot of national debt. Um, And uh, there are all sorts of views about that. I want to just talk about, I suppose, personal debt, because sometimes things can happen... You know i don't know how to advise you to pray about the economics of the country but it is something that we need to to pray about and we need to have a sensitive ear out for people because one of the things that i realized with the cap work is the shame that is attached to people who have got serious debt you know we might think of other things causing shame but actually to, to reveal that you've got a serious debt problem that you can't do anything about is also very difficult. Um, At the local CAP debt centre, we are going to have a party for the clients. We've got 38 clients currently. um, Some of them will be families, some of them are individuals. We are going to be supporting one family a single parent and six children um, as a church. Um, We're going to be buying um, Christmas presents for each of the children and contributing to a food hamper. If anybody would like to be involved with that, if you see me separately, um, uh, and there are various other churches across the town that are also doing, doing that. Okay. So, So if you're interested in helping, come back and and speak to me. So the world and finances, God has blessed us and we we need to model that blessing outside and uh, be prepared to give what we are able to give. Lord, we know that all resources are, are in your hands and Lord, you have put people in positions, there are people in positions of power, Lord, in our government and in our nation and Lord, there is corruption and all sorts of stuff, Lord, in our financial systems and Father, I pray that you would move godly men and women into those financial institutions and that, Lord, they would make decisions that are just and fair. Lord I pray that you would help us to handle our money rightly and Lord I pray that you would help us as individuals not to take advantage of other people who are in difficult situations but to find a way to bless them. We thank you Lord for all the blessing that you've brought into our life.